Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Colin Wright Prusky. Colin is a graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2021, and he and I recently connected via Zoom to talk about his MBA journey. Uh, this was such a fun conversation to record. Colin uh, has a lot of great insights about his decision to pursue an MBA, what his Darden experience was like, how the faculty and his classmates supported uh, him as he navigated that, uh, what it was like to be a class president for his class. Colin had a leadership role, and he talks about that, and of course, what he's been up to since graduation. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Colin Wright Prusky. Colin, welcome yes, to sir. the podcast. Thanks so much. Man, how great is it to have you here on the show? I haven't seen you in forever. <laughs> I know. It, it feels really good to see you. Whether or not it turns out to be great to have me on the show, I don't know. But uh, I, I was excited to, to get the phone call. Let's, I'll say that. I'll say this is not like a humble brag or anything. I've done around 200 or so exec NBA podcasts. I got a good feeling about this conversation. <laughs> no pressure, by the way. Man, that's great. Sweaty palms over here. Well, I think the last time I saw you, I'm trying to cast my memory back uh, to that day, it was maybe a fall uh, meetup for your class, an yeah. informal, yeah. formal reunion of sorts um, yeah. at Sands Family Grounds. Uh, there were some of your classmates there, were some faculty there. You had a you had class sessions, uh, and then you had a reception afterwards. It was a lovely day. I think that was the last leave, time. I mean, leave it to Darden to, to say, hey, we're going to give you some pre-work to come in for a, a, a little reunion. You know what I mean? Uh, the learning never stops. But, yeah, it was awesome. I think particularly, you know, coming out of some some really deep stuff in regards to the pandemic, that that time for us to be together, because many of us, um, you know, were disrupted uh, I don't know, four or five quarters into the learning experience. And so, you know, to see each other face to face and and have some of those conversations was, was really pretty awesome. If I remember that day correctly, Colin, and this is very on brand for you, our list, our listeners will learn this. Um, you ran to that event. Is that right? <laughs> True story. Yes. Yes. Carried, carried a change of clothes on my back and uh, yeah. Yeah. The campus is only a couple miles from where I live and you know, some people show up on a, on a scooter or in a lift and I, I, I use, uh, I use my, my two feet or my two wheels now and again to get there. So it's great. Yeah. We are just, uh, just steps away from the, the Mount Vernon trail, a very popular uh, destination for runners, for bikers, for pedestrians. I'm one of those pedestrians. I can't say that it is always the most pedestrian friendly <laughs> environment out there. I'm just going to say that, say that, I'm just going to throw that out. No, there. I think that's no, no totally fair. Totally fair. But I'll, I'll say this too, you know, that works out really well. And at the end of a Friday night or a Saturday after you're, you're just kind of, kind of brain fried there up in Roslyn. And so to get out and get some fresh air and stretch, uh, there were a lot of, a lot of deep conversations out on that trail. I can, I can promise you. It's fun to see students do things like exercise together or take these kind of decompression breaks. We had a sunrise yoga um, mm. group meeting that happened this past weekend with our executive MBA class of 2023. Yeah. Right and early, I think it was 6.50 a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday. Um, but I think a solid turnout. And you know, people enjoy doing other things during these weekend residencies than, than just going to class. I mean, it was a busy weekend for that for that class. They, on Friday night, went to the MGM Casino for an NCAA watch party. Wow. And then, of course, you know, students plan all sorts of things uh, on their yeah. own. And, and, and then Sunday, a little bit of yoga to it's kick off way, the day. Great way to get to know your cohort. You know, what, the things you choose to do outside the classroom, I think, are probably as important as, as what takes place in the classroom. Agree. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you. Um, so, um, first of all, how are you doing? How are, how are you and Dorota doing at this time? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, we are mostly well. Um, a lot, lot of adjustment. You know, right after graduation for me came a, a new little human. We're both first-time parents. So little Charlie is in our world now. And uh, thankfully, he is, is thriving. I, I sometimes wonder... Uh, as a new parent, whether or not I truly am or not, but his little smile brings a lot of joy into our life. And we're just getting used to to the new rhythms and things that go along with that. Uh, it's amazing, you know, thinking back to what what 
I was hoping for to have in terms of free time during the program uh, versus what, what exists now. And, and I think about some of the folks that I knew in the program that had kids while in school. And, I, and it's literally makes my, my brain just melt because I have no idea how people pulled some of that stuff off. It's just incredible. It is amazing. And what we always tell prospective students when they're thinking about this time management end of things is you matriculate at Darden, you come, you look around in that room, that's 135 or so people on the first day of class. There are going to be people in that room that have far less on their plates than, than you do, right? It's just the nature of their lives, where they are, what they're juggling. And then there are definitely going to be people that have a lot more <laughs> on their plates. Um, yeah. You know, there, there may be a few people who find themselves, you know, and maybe either sort of upper end of that distribution curve. But nevertheless, most people can look at, at somebody and say, well, maybe they don't have as much. And wow, that is that is incredible what that person is doing in addition to, to school. Um, yeah, but it's, be- it's beautiful how it brings the group together, you know, because I, I think I think people are, are relatively quick to identify that. And it sort of forces this idea of just being open about who we are. Uh, so I think rather than trying to kind of image manage or project, I mean, I guess you could do that. But in theory, if you're going to get the most out of the program and be able to honor your commitments to one another, you have, you have to share some of that stuff, which is, is, is kind of part of the, I don't know, the, the fabric or the secret sauce, I think, that really creates a, a special cohort. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit more about your your background. What did you do before before coming into dark? Oh, man. What didn't I do? I mean, I, I think that was, it was one of my greatest fears in the first conversation that we had about whether or not I could, I could get into this place. Um, yeah, my, my, my career is, is nonlinear, uh, maybe compared to some. I, I, I spent time in, in the hospitality and restaurant business. Um, I've generally managed a, a, a fair amount of good-sized team spread out across the country, traveled a lot for work historically, but it's involved everything from industrial manufacturing and process improvement, kind of internal consulting services type work to, um, you know, digital media and marketing and small business consulting, uh, all with some degree of kind of teaching and coaching and, and people development along the way. And, and so, um, my, my, my heart really exists with people. I mean, I, I say kind of that my personal mission is to leave people in the planet better than I found them. So within all those sort of environments was this aspect of, of how and where could I improve, not just the, the place that I was working in, but how could I make it better for those that I was working with? And um, that's, that's kind of how I try to operate. Well, I do remember our early conversations and I want to stick with what you said, like, you know, being unsure about whether you you could get into Dartner if you had the right background, or I, that feels uh, that feels real for a lot of our prospective students when we have mm-hmm. these conversations. I think people are kind of imagining who they think is in a business school classroom at a, at a place like Darden against maybe what they've done, and sometimes people worry like, oh, I haven't taken these classes, or I'm from this particular industry, I haven't had a particular set of work experiences yeah. that would. You know, what would you say to those prospective students? Oh, man, um, I, I would say rather than seeing those diverse experiences as a limiting factor, see those as something that actually enhances the classroom. Um, and I think that applies in a professional context as well. Um, I think part of what Darden really helped me discover is that because I had done all these different things, it, it allowed me to have a, a view on problem solving and, and, and a view on reading through a case. And if, if you think about engaging, you know, a diverse set of stakeholders as an example, or you think about trying to bring a new solution to market that's maybe a little bit different than what we've tried so far, often those diverse experiences are the things that really kind of set you apart. And so people people will actually come to you and go, oh, tell me more about this or tell me more about that. And so um, I think you and, and a handful of others that I could name out loud from, from Darden really helped me Kind of learn that about myself and learn that about my story, and, and so it's really changed, changed how I see myself in the world, as, as well as how how and where I, I think that I can contribute and maybe have something to offer. We were on with some incoming members of our executive MBA class of twenty twenty four and some twenty twenty threes last night for a town hall. We we start having these town halls in the run up 
to the cool. start of school. I mean, yeah. here, here it is March in about five months or so. Uh, class will kick off in August. <laughs> I, I'm sure you remember L- yeah. orientation and LR1. Um, but what was what was great to hear, and so the 2023s, they're, they're now in quarter four of the program. They've got, their, got their sea legs moving right along. And one of the students said, um, you know, here, this is my background from education. Uh, spent my whole career in this kind of nonprofit world. You should know there is no quote unquote traditional path to, to Darden. And, and it was so, uh, to me, it was great to hear a student verbalize that and say that because it feels very true. Uh, to the experience. We have so many different kinds of people in, in this classroom and very intentionally so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I came to really appreciate that. You know, that was one of the, one of the best parts of it for me was, was, was getting to hear from some of those folks that I, I, I never may have crossed paths with paths with. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was really special in that regard. You know, people that I still talk to and um, experiences that I remember that I think helped shape kind of kind of who I am and where I am today. So, how did you get interested in Darden? How did Darden uh, end up on your radar? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two different stories. One is, uh, you know, that decision for me started about a decade earlier. I still remember the lunch that I was having in Amarillo, Texas, of all places where the idea of going back to school really came up for me. And I was the guy that graduated with my, my degree in undergrad and said, I will never, never go back to school. And so there I was in Amarillo speaking with this woman, uh, brilliant, brilliant woman who was going back to get her MBA. And I think I was more excited about it for her than she was. And so all of a sudden I started to think, well, well, maybe I really do want to go back to school, you know, but I, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't quite get over the hump. And um, I mean, gosh, you, you talk about the support network that is needed to do something like this, particularly when, in my case, I was nearly 40 and, um, you know, st- still thinking through that decision. And I had met the person that is now my wife, and, and she's one of the greatest supports and what allowed me to, to kind of get through the program. Um, but through conversation with her, she could see how excited I was. And so we were together on a run. And I, I see the Darden sign from the Mount Vernon Trail because I love to run at night and start looking it up and doing my homework and my research and go, oh, you know what? That place sounds really interesting. And so I was the guy that was, you know, listening to the podcast and reading articles and, and learning about faculty. And I thought, I want to do this, but I don't think I can get in. And so she actually started my application. And so she got a couple lines in and said, Hey, I need you to finish this. And I was like, what are you working on? And she's like, it's your application to Darden because you should be there. And I don't know if I've ever told you that. So I don't know if I breached some sort of contract, but, but uh, maybe, maybe Scott Beardsley or somebody shouldn't listen to this podcast. I don't, I don't know. If you, if you did the substantial work on it, you completed it. She just hey, got the ball rolling for you and just kind of opened <laughs> it. I, I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, that, is, that is a great, great story. And um, I can't hear uh, Amarillo, Texas without thinking about George Strait and that Amarillo by Morning song. But we will continue, continue <laughs> moving on. Those of you who are less familiar with the song, worth checking out. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, references to, well... Life of life on the rodeo uh, yeah, circuit right. in Texas um, on that one. So okay, so you come to Darden, uh, you uh, you start the program, and what was it like being back in school? Because uh, you were you know, someone, at least uh, professed at an earlier juncture in your life, someone who would who would not do more school. So here you are, you're back in school. What was what was that like? Yeah. I mean, I, I was the classic case of imposter syndrome. You know, I mean, I remember talking to, to Jim Dieter about that super early on and, and him, him explaining, I think even in LR1, he had a big slide up about this and kind of shared his own story. And um, <clears throat> so I had to get over that hump. The other thing um, that happened in my world is I, I had a stroke going into the second on grounds of Q1. So, uh, so there I was actually in the hospital, you know, getting blood measured and various treatments and things like that. And I'm trying to, to, to log into class and my wife's looking at me going, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I, I want to participate, you know, I'm, I'm loving this thing. I want to do it. And so that was really a sign for us that, that it's where I needed to be. It's where I was meant to be. And at that point, we just had to figure out 
how I could how I could stay in the program because the the conversations that I had with the program team basically said, "Hey, look, we'll we'll do everything you need to support you." And it's a rigorous program, so we can't compromise the standards. So we're we're going to leave some of this decision making in your court to decide whether or not it's, you know, it's still the right time and or the right place. And amazingly enough, you know, the, the program team supported me. I had um, some things will probably bring tears to my eyes if we're not careful here from classmates that um, helped kind of get me through those those early days or, or, or I guess finishing up Q1 and starting out Q2. And, and then it kind of took off from there. So, Colin, obviously, that is quite a start to an MBA program. It would have probably been pretty easy for you to say, hey, look, I think this is just too much at this time. I was really struck by what you just shared, that you and your wife felt like this is where you were supposed to be. I mean, it also sounds like your classmates were part of that story in the program team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still have uh, <laughs> my classmates gave me me two cards um, and actually a couple of gift cards for food delivery service just because I knew that we'd be we'd be scrambling trying to get through. Um, uh, Laura Bordoni, for those who who have not met her, who's just a, a, a rock star, was almost part therapist, part coach, part mentor, and, and then faculty even you know that I spoke with just to. To say, hey, look, here's here's where I am. I, I believe I can get through this. Um, are, are we okay? And certainly, you know, they 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 were willing to to, to set up one to ones to make sure I could be prepared for exams and kind of do the things you need to do. Um, but again, this idea that you know, Dart, Darden is a rigorous program, and and I, I think there was some great learning in there just in terms of um, how to ask for help because. You know, there, there was a standard that had to be maintained both for me and for the program, um, but I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And so it was kind of an all boats rising together situation. So, you know, all those groups of people that we're talking about were, were instrumental, not just at that time, but really throughout the program in terms of getting through. And, and um, yeah, if, if I had to like write a list of thank yous, uh, this podcast would get really, really long because there, there's a lot of folks that, that helped me along the way. Well, there's so many uh, great people that support students who go through this program. Laura Bordoni is absolutely one of them. And I believe she won the Friend of the Student Award for, <laughs> for your class. Well, deservedly well deserved. so. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And I, your point about asking for help or being accepting of help in that way, we talk about this with incoming students um, a lot because it's psychologically more complex than, than you might think it is for people who are used to having everything buttoned up and used to knowing exactly what they, what they're doing. I think it's, I think it's fair to say that it's rare for people who are in an executive MBA program, program like, like the Darden program to have a day at work where they really don't know what they're doing or have mm. to ask for a lot of help or whatever. I mean, high functioning people, very successful people. And, to be in an environment where you feel challenged, where you feel outside of your comfort zone, uh, you may be struggling with some of that imposter syndrome. Uh, am, am I supposed to be here? This kind of thing. And then to ask for help. That's not always the easiest thing. It's true. I, I, I think there's there's some learning that, that takes place in that regard. You know, it, it, for us. I think the faculty did an amazing job of establishing norms, really each class every quarter. I mean, that's something that I was actually just reflecting on some notes about the other day, because in a professional context, I think there's there's some real magic to that, whether it's norms for meetings or norms with clients or, or what have you. And so that just became part of the ethos of, of our cohort, I would say. Um, and so whether it's, you know, classmates I can think of that, that had children or, um, you know, another, another couple of, of people that I can think of that just had really particularly busy seasons with work. Um, a, it, it became okay to ask for help. And B, you, you realized really quickly that people wanted to help. You know, we wanted to see each other be successful because it wasn't about one person becoming a quote unquote valedictorian. <laughs> Rather, it was about seeing us all walking across that stage together and celebrating a moment. And I think that's something that's really special about this community that Darden really helps develop through the program. Yeah, the way I think about it is, yeah, you you could try to do this program on your own, but why? 
Why, why, <laughs> yeah. why would you do that? That yeah. doesn't make sense. It's so counter to the culture in the spirit of the program. Yeah, that's right. And I think in asking for help, you know, you, you learn, you learn other things about how people work. So you learn, you learn about um, the way that they interpreted a case or the way that, that they might put together a presentation, which, which just adds to your tool belt. So as you're thinking about, you know, your own portfolio or, or, or a way that you might do something differently the next go around, it becomes this kind of virtuous cycle and I think makes you a better person. I think it makes you a better professional and, and, and really a better, a better classmate too, because your contributions maybe become a little bit different or you give somebody else space because you want to, you want to hear from them in the classroom. And so all that stuff really kind of goes hand in hand. I want to stay just for one more second with the thread that we're talking about here and, and talk about the faculty, because we get a lot of questions from prospective students who ask about sort of faculty and their understanding with conflicts or people having like life events and things come up. And what we share is like, well, you know, they want to work with this population of students who are excited to work with executive MBA students and they know how much students are doing in addition to school. And so their approach when things happen, you know, they, they do walk that line of like, this is a rigorous program. There's a standard here, but there's also empathy uh, there. What, what, but can you share a little bit more about the conversations that you had with the faculty? Because I think it's important for students to hear them. Sheesh, that's, that's another topic that I feel like we could go pretty deep on. Because, I, I mean, I remember reading all, all the awards that Darden faculty have, right? And I sitting there going, well, I mean, is this true? Is this just a, a marketing tool? What's the story? And I think, <laughs> hard to believe, but I, I think the Darden faculty are maybe even better than they get credit for, particularly through the lens of what you're describing, which is this human element. And I think in the, in the EMBA program, it's, it's interesting because the faculty seem to really want to be a part of that program. It's not a requirement. So they, they understand the complexities of, you know, managing personal life, professional life. They do it themselves. Oh, by the way, they're humans. Um, and, and, and and, and, and so it's just amazing to see how often they would show up early for class to get to know us or stay a little bit late to answer questions or set up office hours to, to spend additional time going through particular frameworks or, you know, for some of the quant stuff maybe that folks were struggling with. And, man, I mean, their ability to, to, to juggle in, in real time to me was also one of the most impressive things because, they certainly have a vision for where they want to take a conversation, but they also really are, are eager to, to incorporate those different perspectives. And so both kind of kind of staying on topic while allowing us to circle around it for a while and, and kind of hear those different perspectives. I mean, I just, I, I think they're, they're amazing at what they do. And, and I, I don't know how else to, to say it beyond that. So, you navigate the first couple quarters and I guess things start to, you start to find your groove a little bit after you get through the health, health scare and you kind of clear some of that. I mean, this, this thing, do things uh, start to, to feel uh, normal is a strange word to, to <laughs> use, but like whatever this new normal is for you, as you, as you do an MBA program in addition to everything else in your life, does, does that sound like a, like, like the case? It's uh, a great question. I mean, I think there's some element of muscle memory that creeps in there. So you have your rhythms, you start to learn, all right, what, what do I need to block out in my schedule and how does that work? But, but along the way, Darden starts to sprinkle in these opportunities to get involved. So you've got um, various, various committees, in, in my case, uh, you know, I was a class rep. And so there were some additional kind of extracurriculars out, outside of things. But there were people that wanted to, to really get involved in, in, in this idea of making Darden a better place and, and leaving it better for, for those that came behind us. And so um, it's, it's fun because it's exploratory in, in, in that respect. And it's almost this idea of like the, the more you give, the more you're going to get back. But I think what was interesting for me is I, I actually wanted more. And, and so whereas I think I saw it as a bit of an obligation early on, as I started to go through the program further, it, it became became part of my community in such a way that I, I, I looked forward to the on grounds, right? I mean, I was I was eager to, to, to dive in and to get to do the stuff and, and ended up overloading some classes as I as I got later into the program because you know there's there's these 21 months that you commit to and, and so it really helps you prioritize right away. And 
there are very few moments in life, I feel like, where you're going to be able to, to do that again. So it's kind of, for me, I, I wanted to make the most of the opportunity while I was there. Um, and Darden gives you every, every chance to do that because there's so many things that you can get plugged into. And, and so I, I think for those that, that just need some degree of consistency and, and, and take the, the basic stuff and, and get the right amount of credits to be done, yeah, you can do that. But I think also for those that want to learn more about everything from private equity to diversity, equity, and inclusion, or um, there's some great women's leadership groups there. I mean, it, it's just on and on and on and on. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. The town hall that we had last night, the topic was around community. And a lot of that conversation is, well, not just opportunities for engagement with your classmates, what might that look like, but opportunities for leadership. Uh, and I think sometimes people think about executive MBA programs and, and that sort of thing uh, may not be top of mind uh, for them uh, to be part of an organization, to have a leadership role. And it's maybe not everybody's cup of tea. You know, people, you have to make this make of this experience, you know, what's important to you and what's valuable uh, to you. Not everybody's priorities should be the same uh, as yeah, they approach right. executive MBA program. But if that's something that you're looking for, if it's something that could be meaningful to you, you can find it here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we had, um, you know, a, a classmate um, who, who started a new club, you know, and, and my understanding is that the, the 22s that came behind us have done some of the same thing. And so I think, um, man, there's this opportunity to continue evolving the program as as the needs of society around us evolve. Um and, and our learning kind of needs to be adjusted al along the way. And, and so, I, again, I just, I think it's really amazing that Darden gives us the opportunity to kind of develop, develop Darden alongside of ourselves um, so that we're, we're relevant and, and able to, to do with it what we please. You know, Darden talks about being transformational leaders and making the world a better place. And I, I, I really believe that, that, that we are all committed to that by signing up for the program. So how did you decide that you wanted to, to serve or to have this opportunity? It sounds like you kind of very much approached your MBA experience with this. I want to get the most out of this mentality, but how did you decide that like being class president, you know, putting yourself out there in that way was, was aligned with that goal? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> there were, there were a couple of seeds planted. Um, I think Darden can be sneaky in that respect where they go, Hey, I, I see, I see something in you maybe that you don't see in yourself. And so I didn't, I had no aspirations of, of being involved in that, you know, before I started, but there was a particular weekend where I, I think we had, you know, an evening reception and those seeds were planted. And then there was the opportunity to speak about it on a Sunday. And so I actually had a, a variety of conversations um, going into that. And I think there ended up being, maybe 10 or 12 of us that just said, Hey, you know, this is, this is a thing that I'm interested in. If, if you, if you would honor us by allowing us to serve you the class, then, you know, I'd love to be a class rep kind of a thing. And um, I remember telling Dorota that I, I didn't think I had a, a prayer because I didn't feel like I was particularly connected in the classroom or with my classmates at that point in time. And um you know, results were announced and I was, I was one of the people selected. And so, um, you know, that was, it was a, a great way to get to know people even better, you know, because I think in that capacity, you're, you have a degree of an obligation just to listen to what it is that people need as they're going through the program and advocate for them. And, um, and so that's what we did. And it, and it also gave me a little bit of community because there were three other people, um, you know, Ali Sunkit and Justin that I got to to work with on a regular basis. I can't remember if we had like weekly meetings or every two weeks or we probably adjusted it as we went through, but, but it was great. I mean, it was just so, so fun in, in, in every respect, hard, but, but, but great. Well, I think about your class as a class that accomplished a lot, despite the fact that, you know, halfway through your program, you have this like big disruption uh, <laughs> that happens with, with COVID. Right. So, I mean, not even halfway, right? March 2020, yeah. all of a sudden the, wor the world changes. And uh, what had been to that point, you know, this hybrid program, two-thirds in person, one-third online, went at least uh, immediately all virtual. Um, mm -hmm. what, was, what was that experience like? And um, as somebody that had that 
kind of role within the class as being somebody that folks look to and maybe a steady influence and a, and a hmm. helping hand? Like, what, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, that was hard on everybody, you know. I, I, there, there may be some a, a few exceptions in the world, some of these really large corporations that do that contingency planning stuff, but I know I had not planned for a global pandemic. So, you know, many of us in 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 the class, we're kind of redlining a little bit. You know, what do we do with, with childcare? If, if that was in our lives, what do we do with work? We've got other people in our lives that are impacted. You know, we had classmates that lost family members. Um, so really this idea of, of empathy was, was critically important for everything we did with the program at that point. Um, but furthermore, I think, you know, an, an opportunity to learn at an even deeper level in the sense that we had, we had to get, we had to get very vulnerable with one another and really try to understand what we were going through so that, um, you know, as, as the program was trying to flex and understand what it was people needed, um, they could deliver while again, maintaining those rigorous standards. Um, and, and, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, stepping on the gas and then pumping the brakes. Cause as, as you probably recall, Brad, I mean, you know, everybody was trying to adjust on the fly. Governments were trying to adjust. We were trying to figure out what's going on with vaccines. We were trying to figure out how to get back in person, how to create, you know, a, a learning experience that was just as good, if not better for everyone, while also knowing that, you know, their schedules were likely going to be impacted. And man, it was, it was hard, but um, also amazing to see within, I don't know, I'd say like almost like six or eight weeks, how quickly people were able to adapt and adjust. And I know Darden made some investments in technology and faculty had to relearn, you know, how to kind of conduct the classroom because that was just going to be an, an ongoing thing. And so, um, you know, we got, we got creative in lots of ways. Um, and then quite honestly, I mean, gosh, a couple months later was the death of George Floyd. And so we had, a number of other things that we were thinking about as a, as a collective group of people and um, some things that were really, you know, up, upsetting to us about um, just kind of where the world was at. Um, but it, it, it provided this really unique opportunity again, to learn about other people's experience and, and, and how those things were impacting how we showed up in the classroom. But then also, you know, we adjusted some curriculum and, ended up, you know, really talking and thinking about leveraging and learning difference um, and, and, and how that applies to, you know, diverse perspectives, diverse teams, unleashing potential within yourself and within organizations. Um, and so I think in, in some ways it, it brought us together because, you know, the class of 22 absolutely went through part of that as well, but in a different way. And so I, th I think for, for a lot of us, we just felt like we had something kind of special together after that, because it's like, when else, Ho hopefully <laughs> no other class has to go through something similar, but, you know, I, I think to, to the events of today's world, you know, it's this idea of like, there's, there's no going back to quote unquote normal. And, and so I think there's also some leadership lessons in there around, well, you know, how do, how do we have this future orientation? How do we think about those experiences and apply them in ways that allow us to have a better impact on our community, a better impact on our companies, um, you know, be better family members, be better friends. And so there was just tremendous education because all, all that stuff changed how we were even reading and looking at cases and the disparate impacts on various groups of people. And so it was everything from supply chains and operations contexts um, you know, to, to, to leadership skills and communication. So there was, there was just some, some amazing stuff that came out of that. Yeah. Your class, so much happened in the world while you were also in school, by the way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I was talking with one of your, your classmates, Samantha Shedd here on the podcast. And oh, yeah. we, were, we were running through, you know, pandemic, George Floyd, uh, social justice, Black Lives Matter, sort of this awakening around, you know, and, and a lot, a lot happening in conversations and dialogues in the world, which of course, very naturally, um, that comes into the, the classroom, right? Darden, you have a, a platform for this, but I also feel like your class did a great job of seeking additional opportunities, really pushing to say, like, how do we have more of these conversations? How do we have more of this content? Um, there were a number of student, students in your class, yourself included, that really 
played played a role in helping to to elevate these conversations to say that this is this is a major priority for the program. Yeah, I, I think I think looking back, at least I'm hopeful that, that most of us would say we're we're really grateful that that you know Darden was open to to those sorts of adjustments and listening and kind of kind of being able to meet us in the moment because um, we were we were all yeah we were all learning together and. Um, I know for me personally, it was, <laughs> it was a great way to, um, to learn about where, where I was at with particular points of view, um, some things that I really needed to unpack, my own biases, how I, how I, how I bring those into conversations um, in every context of my life. And, and so I, I think there's, there's a lot about that that helps me be better for people now going forward. You know, I think about conversations with colleagues professionally over the course of the last two years. So both while I was in the program and then, you know, post-graduation at Darden. And I really, I really do think I'm a better person for having not just gone through the program, but gone through the program while these things have been happening in the world, because I, I look at all that stuff very, very differently. Now, I think I ask questions differently. I think I'm better about looking at sources of information and trying to dig two or three levels deeper to understand well, what's the argument that really supports that? Or what's the bias that this writer is bringing into the conversation? And so using those lenses critically, but also then, you know, hey, Andy Wicks, <laughs> um, what's it look like to argue that from the other perspective and the other point of view? And how might that help inform how I'm thinking about these things? And so all of that stuff, I think, just is is awesome to carry forward as, as um, yeah, I, I, I look to... I look to to build my career and and um, you know seek opportunities for growth. Well, for those of you who are less familiar with Andy Wicks, first of all, you should do something about that. Andy <laughs> Wicks is an ethics faculty member here at, at Darden, um, and you know, just a tremendous person. Um, I, those classes, I could always tell when someone has just had class with Andy, uh, whether it's um, uh, gosh, the the business ethics class. In, in in the core curriculum or one of his electives, because like first of all, the class spills out. You know, like everybody's oh, yeah. still talking oh, yeah. about whatever they were talking about. Yeah, and you just tell like these are profound classes. I'm trying to think of the <laughs> like the elective that he has offered for the past couple of years that have been ultimate been so questions. Oh my gosh, this class! Man. How do I get in this class? I know, right, right. I can't tell you how often I think about that and like where I can work in an ultimate question into a, a meeting or a conversation with somebody. It's great. I feel like I feel like he should get like you know one cent royalty for every time that crosses my mind or a conversation. You know, like that guy should be on an on an island somewhere that's titled ultimate questions. I don't know. Can you tell us a little bit about that elective? Because it is a very, very cool class, and and probably something maybe people are a little surprised to hear is is in business school, but it is very relevant. Um, but it's maybe a surprising elective. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's if memory serves correctly, and you should keep me honest on this, Brett. It's it's one of the electives that's offered later in the program. So I think it's between Q seven and Q ten, and so by that time, you know, you start to get some flexibility as a student in terms of choosing kind of your learning path. And so ultimate questions comes in at a great time, at least it did for me, because you really get to take a deep dive into who you are. And so, you know, what, what is your purpose? Um, and what does it mean to, to lead a good life? And, and, and so you can look at those questions like that, that are, that are almost really impossible to answer, but he challenges you to give an answer, to have a perspective, um, and then incorporates all sorts of other things kind of along the way. And so, you know, we had conversations about uh, technology and, and healthcare and, um, you know, AI and, and, and vehicles and self-driving vehicles and things. And so he, he throws all kinds of curveballs at you, um, some which you may have prepared for, but I think many of which we, we did not um, <laughs> in terms of, do I think about the implications of the software that might choose to you know, hit a child in the street versus an animal in the street. Like those are, those are real things, you know, and, and what if it's my child versus somebody else's? Um, and so there was just all kinds of, all kinds of real probing led by Andy, but also then introduced from, from our classmates. You know, I remember one of my classmates, Asia, who introduced something called Ikigai, 
Um, and so there were a number of us that were just fascinated because it's a, it's a great kind of Eastern world way of looking at purpose and, and flow and some of those sorts of things. And, um, you know, a, another group that was part of that class actually went through writing their own obituaries and said, I've never done that. And, and so to hear how they're thinking about this idea of legacy and, uh, man, I, I could go on for, for quite a while. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to give some airtime uh, for that class because it is a really cool elective. It is one of those electives that people do really talk about because um, yeah. you do ask, well, ultimate questions like these really, really big questions. Um, yeah. uh, Colin, I want to come back to something that you said uh, previously, because when I first started here, when I was actually looking to potentially join the admissions team, I talked with a couple of alumni uh, who I still still keep in touch with uh, see from time yeah. to time yeah, here. That's good. Um, and uh, one of them actually commented that his time at Darden had made him a better person. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I was coming from a law school background and I had ideas about what an MBA program was and, and why people do these kinds of programs. And that was not something I was expecting here, but I have now been around seven, eight plus classes here at the Darden School, just executive MBA alone, not to not to even count uh, full-time MBA students as part of this. And it comes up over and over again. <laughs> People feel like they've become a better person. Like, what, what do you chalk this up to? Uh, all right, I'm going to do that classic thing, uh, if you'll allow it, Brett. But I'll, I'll actually ask you to ask yourself that question because I think you've got more experience there than I had that 21 months, right? So like, I have a very limited perspective, but you as the guy that came from a law school and were like, well, what is this mumbo jumbo? Like, what would you, what would you say if I, has, has Darden made you a better person? And if so, like what led to that? Wow. This is a real uh, pro podcast guest move. Now, Colin is the host of the exec NBA podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm just now appearing here. Oh. Um, so, all right. I have a couple thoughts on this, but I, I want you to test uh, sort of these are these are hypotheses, uh, okay. ideas that I've developed, uh, but I would appreciate your reaction. Well, first of all, I, I think that there's something really profound by finding yourself in the midst of like 135 or so very talented, smart, bright, motivated people who are all kind of going through this a, a transformational experience. They're all, all very intentionally chosen uh, this program. They're here because it is participatory. They're going to be an active participant in their learning experience. And it's not easy to find people that are kind of engaged in this kind of growth and development. And as part of that, you do end up asking questions about yourself and really starting to kind of develop a sense of like, where are your strengths? What can you add? Where do other people do better than you? And how can they be helpful to you? Like your blind spots too. Mm -hmm. And so your self-awareness, if, if you're going about this um, and, and doing it with intention, I think your self-awareness goes up significantly. Right. Yeah. And it's that self-awareness that I think affects how people show up in other parts of their life. All of a sudden, you start to develop some sense of like, well, these are some things that I never, I, I've traditionally had blind spots about, or I may not have been aware of that I do, but now I know about those things. And it also, I think there's a real kind of the culture of Darden I, I, it is very much around collaboration and helping and giving where you can and, and accepting help and being open and being vulnerable. I and mean, you spoke very eloquently to the power of like, letting go of whatever image you were trying to cultivate of yourself and just putting it out there and saying, this is hard for me. I'm struggling with this. This has been a tough week. Let me tell you about what's going on because yeah. you'll find that there's a lot of other people on the other end. And I think really rich relationships, I think uh, really, really strong kind of interpersonal dynamics are rooted in that sort of self-awareness and the willingness to be vulnerable with each other. And I, and I think that's something that students here have a lot of practice with. And they're able to do it in a safe environment where everybody is learning and, and growing together. Yeah. So that that those are my working hypotheses, <laughs> at least to this point. Well, I, I think you passed the test. I, I think they're I think they're they're very good hypotheses. So I, I'd give you a, I'd give you a DP on, on that one. I think Brett. Well, Colin, I appreciate that. Wow, a distinguished pass for me. Um, <laughs> Man, uh, wow! So the the hosting the podcast does have have its benefits. I get to hear people answer these kind of questions and reflect on it, and yeah. um, just being around students, it's a 
most admissions people would tell you it's a very humbling thing um, to kind of be, be surrounded by people going through uh, mm. this kind of experience and, and getting to see people grow. I want to talk about your career interests because I feel like mm. when we first met uh, to where you are now, there's been some evolution there, maybe a job <laughs> job change or two. So how did how did your uh, how did your career interests uh, grow and then change evolve over the course of your time in the program? Oh yeah, I, I think about this a lot. It's funny. I actually go back periodically and read some of the things I wrote like early in the program about where I thought I'd be and what I thought I'd be doing, and then where I am now. So it's a great question. Um, because I actually, you know, one of the things that I thought Darden would help me do is kind of narrow my focus. And, you know, I, as I talked to you earlier about my career, right, it was, it was not particularly linear. There was a lot of stuff kind of going on in there. And so I thought, well, well Darden's going to make me figure out my path. Well, what Darden did is it blew up that idea of a path, right? Like, I went to thinking the world was you know, this, this tiny box and came to realize it's this ginormous kind of Pandora's box. And so um, while that was really, really stressful, it was also one of the best things that ever happened to me because I, I, I began to think about and see opportunity really, really differently. Um, but Darden also does a great job of, of forcing you to reflect on, on, on who you are, both what you want to do, but but particularly like why you want to do it. So it, it, it again, kind of forces you to go a few, few levels deeper. And what I realized is consulting was going to be a great way for me to do some of the things that I wanted to do, which is, you know, transform organizations from the inside out, um, you know, really embrace this idea of business being a force for good. And so I thought if, if, if I could both work with, with leadership team members, but organizations themselves on things like their business model and their people model and, um, you know, how they think about things like DE&I and ESG and, you know, some of the other things that, that the world is talking about quite a bit right now, given, given current context. Um, man, what sort of impact could I have? So like, I, yeah, I have entrepreneurial ideas and endeavors and things that I even gave pitches about while I was at Darden. But when I stepped back, it was like, well, if I do my own thing, I can have this minimal impact. But if I go this other direction, which is what I'm doing now, and then management consulting, um, I felt like my impact could be much larger. Um, and in theory, I, I could make a lot of other people's lives a lot better by transforming those organizations. So you're right. I, I, uh, I now work for an organization called FTI Consulting, and I get to work in a wide variety of industries and with a wide variety of companies because the practice that I sit in particularly, which is called people and transformation is really kind of dialed into those things and really always trying to bring back solving problems to, to people, you know, how does it impact the people? Um, how might they do their work a little bit differently so that they can, they can make the, the organization a little bit better. Where might there be more opportunities for this workforce? And I think particularly, um, you know, in the context of what, you know, some people call the great resignation right now. Um, it's something that a lot of leaders are wrestling with. And it's great for me to be able to test some theories and hypotheses about, you know, what can work and how can these organizations be thinking about their culture and their employee value proposition and how all that ladders up to purpose and strategy and, you know, some of those other things. So, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate your, your point around self, self-discovery. Um, and how it, that this experience is not about narrowing at all. It's about widening. And all of a sudden you, you meet people who said, I know exactly what I want to do. And they're going through the recruitment process and process of applying and pre-matriculation to, well, you, funny that you should ask. I'm now exploring <laughs> a few things, including an industry I knew nothing about before, but yeah. um, I've been having some conversations. We took a class, I read a case, uh, Networked with an alum, and now I'm thinking about about a completely different career path. Um, yeah, and totally. That's the that's the beauty and, and the benefit of the program. The, the way that I described it, and if you if you if you like this, you're welcome to use it at some point. I'm not saying it's any good, but the way that I described it is like somebody was giving me a gift card, right? And so I was thinking that Darden would give me like one store to go shop in. And I'd be like, oh, I'll be able to just walk in and spend it and walk right out, right? Well, no, somebody gave me a gift card and then Darden gave me like, I, I don't know, the largest shopping mall in the world. 
and I'm looking at a thousand or more stores and I'm like, I have no idea even where to begin or what I'm supposed to be shopping for right now. So um, yeah, there you go. Well, that's, that's great. An incredible career team of people who are there and you get to take courses like the professional advancement course. Obviously, you also have classmates who are all doing mm-hmm. interesting things and a very live network of people for you to tap into, not to mention yeah. the, the Darden Alumni Network. Well, Colin, I got a couple questions for you as we wrap up here. First of all, sure. what are you looking forward to in the months ahead? You got anything on the horizon? <laughs> My mother turns 80 this year. I don't know if she appreciates me naming that out loud. Sorry, mom. Um, but for that, we are we are taking a family vacation. Um, and I honestly can't remember the last time that like my sister or my nieces, like all of us are kind of going to be together in the same place. Um, so really excited about that in July. And um what else? Oh, I, I got a bicycle. Uh, my, my wife gave me a bicycle for uh, our anniversary. And so I now get to commute to work um, on two wheels, which is one of my favorite things in the world to do. I don't know that I love riding in DC. I'm still kind of figuring that out. But man, going from riding a little bit in some some rough wintry weather to, to doing more of that in the spring and summer, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So those would be my top two right now. Well, that's great. And I always appreciate a mom shout out here on the, on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, and congratulations on the bike. Yeah, you're right. Uh, biking in DC is, uh, you're going to say an acquired taste and please that's be right. vigilant out yeah. there on the streets. Yeah. Um, well, last question. We asked the same last question of all of our guests here on the podcast. Wonder if there's a piece of advice you would share with our prospective student listeners. And I readily acknowledge that there has been a tremendous amount of advice already dispensed <laughs> uh, on this on this podcast. But maybe a final word here. Sure. I mean, I, I think it's similar advice to what others probably are, are sharing consistently along the way, which is like if if you're at all on the edge for for doing this, right? Like if you're the person that's out there and going. I kind of want to, but I'm not sure. I would say, go do it. Figure out like w- what you need to do to get off of that, <laughs> that seat and just dive right in. And I think you'll be amazed once you get there at the levels of support that lift you up. And as you said, um, really do make you a better person because I, I think you realize um, how doable these really audacious goals are, which I would, I would argue like a Darden MBA is a really audacious goal, but it's actually really doable if you, uh, if you're just willing to make that commitment. And that's obviously a very powerful thing for people psychologically. I see so many uh, graduates who have this kind of framework now. Well, I did that and that was really hard. But I, I have a Darden MBA now. What else can I take? Totally. What else yeah, can that's I exactly take? right. Yeah. Well, Colin, always a pleasure hanging out with you. Um, great to see you. You too. So Brad. glad, excited for everything that's happening. Do you thanks haven't so seen much. you since your new job? So congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That. Thanks. It's an exciting time. And thank you for sharing your story and, and your experiences with our listeners. No, you bet. Thanks for having me. And that was my interview with Colin Wright Prusky, a graduate in our Executive MBA class of 2021. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.